Hundreds of people would go and God would move in those old camp meetings. And also something that was very prominent in my age group was what they call revival. Well, you'd be announced and we're having revival on certain, certain night. And it would go from a Sunday night to a Friday night minimal. And a lot of times it'd go two, three weeks. And there was nothing, nothing for it to go a week. That was just pretty well the common revival. And you just, night after night after night, you would be blessed. Our culture has changed to where those kinds of things are not supported much anymore. As a matter of fact, you don't even have church a lot of times on Sunday nights or midweek service anymore in a lot of churches. Camp meetings has gone by the wayside. You go to them nowadays and there's just a handful of people there. You have revival and preachers just quit having revival because of a lack of support. And yet, what I began to ask the Lord, I said, Lord, what is it that we got to do? You're the author of your church. And you said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And as a pastor, I'm earnestly seeking, what do you want your church to look like? What is it that you're wanting to do afresh and anew? I don't want to go back and recapture something that God has moved in. I don't want to go back to a brook that's been dried up and try to make that brook flow again. If God's used that brook and that brook served its purpose, that's okay with me. But there's one thing for sure, I want a brook somewhere. I want something stirring. I want something happening. I want there to be an authentic move of God. And as I began to think about that, I thought about change in general, how hard it is for us. Some of us my age, it's hard to leave those legacies and that, that heritage that's been passed down to you. It's hard to walk away from it and say, well, then were the good old days and leave it there. It's hard to do that. And yet on the flip side of the coin, even in the natural change is hard, especially more for men than women. Women can adapt to change a little bit better than men. You know how I know? Because every once in a while you'll see them wear a different hairstyle or different color makeup or they'll have a new suit, new style of clothing on. And men were just, you know, same old stuff. I've been, someone told me the other day, said, you've been wearing that hairstyle all your life. And I said, yeah, every time a man changes his hairstyle, he's always kidding about it. And sometimes change is hard. It's just hard to do, especially in the spiritual. We don't like change. And you know what I want you to do with me for the next several months? I want you to go into a time of seeking the Lord with me, and we're going to start tonight and say, whatever you want it to look like. As that old song says, whatever you want it to sound like. Whatever you want to do, God, it doesn't really matter to me. Just do it again. How many want us to do it again? Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Let's do it again, God. Let's have a, you, you call it whatever you want to call it. You know, we went from having revival to, and v, you know, the other day I'm, I was old-fashioned. I said, VBS, Vacation Bible School, was Kids Fest. Everything's changed in name because new names bring a spark of change. And, and uh, you know, uh, and sometimes we call it camp meeting. And now we're calling it, uh, uh, you know, Winterfest or we're calling it whatever. And uh, it's not about the name, it's about the substance. And I'm here to tell you, God's stirring me and he's telling me, I'm ready to put substance at the palace of praise. Huh? We gotta be open to it. We gotta be ready for it. 
I don't know about you, but I want you to pray with me one more time. Would you just, you just remain seated. Can you just bow your head? And when you begin to pray with me and say, God, every high, whatever you want it to look like, whatever you want it to sound like, every how you want it to be, I want to be a recipient. I want to be open. I want to be open to change. I'm ready to go in the flow of the Holy Spirit. I'm ready to be sensitive to what God's about to do in the church. I'm ready to hear this saith the word of the Lord. I'm ready to flow in what you're wanting to flow in. I'm ready to move in what you're wanting to move in. I'm ready to obey the voice and the promptings and the wooing of the Holy Spirit. Before you pray, listen to me. We need to pray for the spontaneity of the Holy Ghost. And let's obey it here tonight. Would you pray with me that night? Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I summons heaven. And I pray, God, that you would help us to be sensitive, ever so sensitive, to the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit. God, ever how you want to do it, ever how you want to package it, ever how you want to present it, ever how you want to give it to us, Father. God, help us to be recipients of your grace. Help us to be open-minded and spirit, God, open to freedom in the spirit to be able to obey you, God. Let us not be bound by our tradition. Let us not be bound by our thinking. Let us not be bound by looking back and reflecting on the past. But God, let us embrace that which you got for our future. And if it's similar in nature, if, if even God has the earmarks of the past, then let us receive it gladly, I pray. Oh, Holy Ghost, move in this place. I'm getting urged. I'm getting so desperate, God. It's an urgency of my spirit. I'm getting hungry as a pastor, God. We've been praying and praying and praying. Oh, God. Would you pour out your spirit tonight, God? And let us be obedient to the beckoned voice of God. And let us be, Lord, willing servants to obey and humble ourselves before your sovereign move. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you believe God's going to allow us to do that, give him a clap offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Without further ado, would you welcome Andre back to the pulpit tonight? Give him a good Missouri welcome. Let's stand at our feet and let's give the Lord a good hand. Come on, welcome Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight that you've sent Jesus. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the executive arm of the Trinity. You are right here in Missouri. Do as you wish. Let your only name and holy name be glorified. Lord, this is another meeting that we are all fortunate to attend. Not one of us know who will go first. Let us embrace this evening because, Lord, this is our greatest possession. Our money cannot buy the service. Thank you for a gracious moment in your presence tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I share in the passion of your pastor. I share in what he just shared with you. I come out of that 
generation there in the 90s i remember i had 92 services in 90 days and that happened in new zealand australia south africa america from new zealand to australia it's one hour and to the west coast of australia it's four hours difference from Perth to South Africa, it's six hours difference. From South Africa to here, it's another six hour difference. So to do 92 services in 90 days tells you we had more than one service a day. We had seven a week, every night. So church, that is, we need to get that kind of hunger back. Amen. Pastor, thank you for this open door. Thank you for the privilege from, that I can minister here. I do not take this lightly doesn't matter if it's a small or a bigger church. It's the honor that God bestowed upon me that I can be a mouthpiece for him. I do not take this lightly. I want to do every time I do it, I want to do it as if it's the first time and the last time. So uh, it's a great honor. Pastor, thank you again, and may the Lord bless you. I want you to turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. I want to talk to you about crossovers, not, not crossover crossovers, plural, and uh, I'm going to try and stay away from too much detail on every crossover because I want to pray for people and lay my hands on people again tonight and just minister to people. But if you came to this meeting and you're not ready for crossover, then you're actually saying, I don't want to move forward. I want to stay where I am. And I think every person in this building tonight have a desire to move on with God. I, I had a few amens here. It took a lot of effort to get it, but uh, I hope I can get more in the next few minutes. But I want to talk to you about crossovers because crossovers is important. And when I drive tomorrow morning early, I'm not going to watch every crossover, every bridge, but bridges connect states with one another, crossovers. And in the spirit, we need crossovers constantly. We, we cannot just camp on the one side of where we are. And uh, if you want to move with the Lord, you'll have to have constant crossovers. It's all about new horizons, new destinies, new territory. Palace of Praise is a great church. But it's a church that will, from time to time, cross over. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua said there in verse 10, it says, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days. I like the word three days. You will cross over this Jordan to go and to possess the land. Possession is connected to the word crossover. Many times for you and me to possess something, we first need to cross over something. And I pray that tonight God will help people to cross over. Cross over from your health where you are. Cross over in so many ways. So I'm not going to, like I said in the beginning, I don't want to say too much. In verse 9 and you will see in Joshua 1 and 2, the Lord many times uh, encouraged Joshua to be strong and very courageous. You will find those words there often because God had to strengthen Joshua to lead Israel into the promised land. 
And several times he said to him, be strong and very courageous. And uh, when uh, you go to verse 9, uh, it says there, you need to be uh, strengthen yourself in the Lord. Now the, the Greek word for strengthen is, or the, not the Greek word, the Hebrew word is kazak. Make yourself strong. Be manly. Be rigid. And I want to say to the body of Christ, let us make ourselves strong in the Lord for what's coming. Let us make ourselves strong in the Lord. And that's what he said to him in, in verse 9. That's also the Hebrew word there. And um, then in verse 11, just to go back to verse 11, three days from now. I remember, I remember 2,000 years ago, there were also three days of crossover. I don't need to go into the depth there, but we had a messy Friday, and we had a silent Saturday, and we had a roaring Sunday. That was one of the greatest crossover we can ever talk about, where Jesus had to cross over in order to possess salvation for humanity. That's why many of you are sitting here tonight, because that crossover affected my whole life. That crossover influenced my whole life. It impacted me. Then in Joshua chapter 3, Joshua is still preparing the, and this is the, the first crossover, so I better rush now. I have nine of them here. In verse 1, he said to them, he said to them, cross over because the Bible says there they lodged. It says there in the latter part of verse 1, it says, and the children of Israel lodged there before they cross over. And I want to say, and connect with that statement pastor made maybe we have lodged for too long where we are now maybe we've done too much lodging in the modern day church and it's time to cross over in those days they had the uh, pillar of fire and they had the cloud and they were impressed with those two signs but God says say goodbye to the pillar of fire and the cloud and let me show you something new in the promised land and then in verse 4, Joshua said, there must be a space between you and the Holy Spirit, between you and the ark. In verse 5, he said to them, sanctify yourselves. Can you see how Joshua is preparing the people? And it took a lot of courage to do this when two million Jews is looking at you. And then in verse 7, we find an incredible verse that I can probably preach on the whole night where God said to uh, Joshua, uh, from this day forward, I will start to exalt you. Uh, that is not godly exaltation. That's when God exalts a man for the sake of leading the people. Because they were addicted to Moses. But God says, Joshua, now that you've been faithful, I will exalt you in the eyes of the people. And I want to say to all of you, when you need to cross over, uh, God will make you look different even in the eyes of your own children so that you can lead your family in a crossover. And uh, then you will see that in, in, in verse 8, I think it is, the Bible talks there about the edge of the water. So in a crossover, there's an edge. And many of you are on the edge at the moment, and I want to encourage you, don't hold back. Let God push you forward. In verse 13, the, the Bible said that all the priests had to have their feet in the water. Uh, the priest, that tells me that leaders must lead when we cross over. Uh, I, cannot, I cannot preach uh, a message unless my own feet is in the water. 
And I say to the people, follow me the way that I follow him. And to a certain degree, we are all leaders and we all lead somebody. Without you knowing it, you lead somebody. So get your feet into the water. And then in verse 16, we, and you know these stories. I'm just highlighting a few things. In verse 16, the Bible says the water stood in a heap. Water do not stand in a heap. That's not the nature of water. Water doesn't do it. But obedience, everybody say obedience. Obedience will make nature contradict nature when man become obedient. That's powerful. And, uh, and then when you go to Joshua chapter 4, in the crossover, the Lord said to them that they need to pick up stones. Stones that was open when the river split open. It was dry ground stones. And I don't want to talk about stones, but that could be testimonies that God will give you in your crossover. My greatest testimonies and stories in ministry came from moments where I had to cross over to what I was used to into the new thing that God wants me to do. And so they picked up the stones because those kind of stones, and by the way, stones in the river and stones outside the river doesn't look the same. That's why you are here to be washed through the water of the Word so that you can be shaped and formed into incredible testimonies. And uh, then it says in verse 6 of chapter 4 that the children will ask, the Lord says the children will ask, what is this memorial that you've built? And then you will say, we've crossed over. And I want to say to this great church, let us cross over because our children will ask, where did this come from? Our children is already asking questions, mom and dad, why are you so serious about the Lord? How is it that you came thus far and you are still so strong? Our children will ask, and when our children ask, we need to have a legacy and a memorial in place. So that we can say we crossed over and these stones cannot be seen with a natural eye unless the Lord opened up the waters. And I want to pray that God's going to help people tonight to pick up stones, testimonies, miracles, signs, wonders they've never seen before. So that when people ask you a week from now, where did this come from? You will say, I got it on a Sunday night when I went to church when nobody else go to church. Because I crossed over. Hallelujah. Are you with me, church? I'm talking about crossover. Uh, we know the story so well. And again, I want to just highlight 2,000 years ago when Jesus crossed over from a, fr a Friday to a Sunday. And I, again, we had a messy Friday. We had a silent Saturday. We had a roaring Sunday. Friday, he was the lamb on the cross. Thursday, uh, Saturday, he was the lion in the pit of hell. But Sunday morning when he came out of that tomb, he was the Savior who rescued the human race. He crossed over. Every man and woman who is willing to cross over will find a miracle in your crossover. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 4 and 5, this is the third one. You can read it for yourself. Jesus is saying to the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. It's a huge sermon hiding right there. On the other side, there was a strong man who influenced the whole territory. Nobody could tame him. Nobody could bring him under control. He was demonic. But Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. We all know the story how the devil tried to take Jesus out and drown him, but he could not drown him. 
and he was terrified when he heard that Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Because on the other side, when Jesus come out of the boat, the strong man came to Jesus and he cried to him and he says, what have I got to do with you? Nobody could bind him. So a crossover is also about territory. A crossover is also about cleaning up another region and get the demon out of that place. And when you study the word of there in Mark chapter 5, you will see that they ultimately found the demon-possessed man that nobody could tame. They found that man sitting clothed and in his right mind with Jesus. How many of you know demons don't sit still? But he was sitting clothed in his right mind. Three words. Sitting clothed, right mind. It doesn't say he was sitting and he was naked. That tells me he was naked when he was demon-possessed. But that's why the devil tried to drown Jesus because he, he doesn't want him to get to the other side. That's a crossover. And I want to say to all of you, cross over because God wants to give you more territory. I want to say to Palace of Praise, cross over because you have more territory in this region. Hallelujah. Cross over. Hallelujah. Are you excited? This morning I spoke to you about the woman who had the flask of oil. That's another form of crossing over. I told you this morning that when she had that flask, before she could break it, she had a crossover in her mental thinking. Sometimes before you manifest uh, your crossover, you must first have a crossover in your thinking. You must have a crossover in your preaching. I wish I can say to certain pastors, please get a crossover in your preaching. Please move away from old religious strongholds in your thinking. And please let the word of God renew your thinking. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, we must be renewed in our mind in order to know the perfect will of God. And I don't want to preach like somebody that crossed over. I want to preach like somebody that didn't get stuck in 1940. I want to preach like somebody that is about to take territory back. That's why I came to this church. I am here to cross over in the spirit and serve notice on Satan and Lucifer and all these addictions that I heard about this morning. Your days are numbered. Jesus Christ is still the Lord of the church. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 2, you have another crossover. You have a journey before the crossover. And it's a beautiful story of Elijah and Elisha and how they walk together. Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. Three times Elijah said to Elisha, stay. Elisha said, I will not let you, I will not allow you to stay. I will, I will go with you. We need to insist, we need to have an Elisha mentality come back into the church where we say to me, you cannot offend me, you cannot put me off, you cannot keep me out of church, I don't care what you say, I don't care who you are, I will not stop, I will not end, I will go, I will go until I get your mantle, hallelujah. That was Elisha's mentality. And we all know how Elijah struck the water and they both crossed over. And then we know on the other side, Elijah was taken up by fire. And all of a sudden, Elisha cried out and he says, where is the God of Elijah? Hallelujah. Now, Elisha saw all the miracles that Elijah did. But he had a crossover with the apostle, if I can call him that, Elijah. And now he's alone by himself. 
and now he's going to do his first strike. Remember, Elijah had 16 miracles. Elisha asked for double that portion. And Elisha said, okay, where is the God of Elijah? That tells me Elijah's gone. And there comes a day that you're going to have your first strike without your mentor. You're going to have your first strike without mom and dad. You're going to have your first strike without the person that impacted you. And what did he do? He striked the water and the water split open. And when Elisha saw the water split open, he already knew if God give me miracle number one, then God will give me miracle number three. 32. Hallelujah. Uh, if God has given a palace of praise, what palace of praise are today, then God will give you the rest. How many of you know that this is not the complete palace of praise? Come on, this is only your first strike. This is only your first strike. How about your second strike? How about your third strike? Come on, church. Don't settle for one strike. Don't settle for one miracle. If number one comes, number 32 will ultimately come. Give God praise. I have another crossover. You will find this in Acts chapter 27, 28. This is a demonic crossover. It's a demonic crossover. It's a crossover caused by other people. The apostle Paul is a prisoner. He's on a ship and the people decided to, to sail over the Mediterranean Ocean in the winter. Those days you did not do that. And Paul said to them, don't sail. Don't sail. It's dangerous. They did not listen to Paul because Paul was a prisoner. He had no say. We all know the story. How the angel came to the ship and the angel spoke to Paul. And he said to Paul, Paul, you must stand before Caesar. And he said to Paul, I will give you, you will not die, and not, and not one of these men that sail with you will die. There were 276 men on that ship. Interesting, when the crisis came, the angel never spoke to the owner of the ship. When the crisis came, the angel never spoke to the helmsman. When the crisis comes to America, God's not going to speak to politicians. When the crisis comes, God's going to speak to apostles and prophets. And God's going to speak to the church. Because God has an agreement with the body of Christ. What happened? They lost the ship. And not one soul died. They landed up on the island Malta in chapter 28. Malta means honey. And when I got there, Paul made a fire. A snake bit him, and, and, and now they watch him, and they thought he's going to swell up and die. He did not swell up and die. And they said, oh, he must be some kind of God. And then Paul prayed for one person. Come on. Can you see what happened here? It was a satanic crossover. It was a demonic crossover. It was a crossover in the hands of unfilthy, dirty people. But they made a mistake. They took an apostle on the ship. They took a man that had a mandate from heaven on the ship and as long as there's one man on the ship that has a mandate from heaven doesn't matter whether the evil one wants to push us into a crossover that will kill us all God says for the sake of one man for the sake of one prophet for the sake of one church I will turn a satanic crossover into a miracle what is the miracle here is the miracle Paul prayed for one God healed that person they brought all the 
sick people on the island, God healed them all. Come on. God turned Malta into a sweet experience. Listen to this. Malta is still today an island of Italy. It is one of the most populated places in the world with church buildings. Why? Because the footprint of the Apostle Paul sits on an island that he never intended to go to. Why? Because the devil made a mistake with the satanic crossover and God said, I will now use you and I will rescue the whole island. Listen to this one. Six months later, say six months later. Six months later, Paul left on another ship to Rome. God will get you in Rome no matter what hell will break loose in your life. God will turn any evil crossover into a good crossover. I've got another crossover. It's number seven. Everybody say crossover. <laughs> this is a huge one. I can preach on this two sermons, 1 Samuel, or 1 Samuel, yeah, 1 Samuel chapter 6 then. God, the prophet, God said to the prophet Samuel, I have rejected Saul. And what he's actually saying to Samuel, it's time for a crossover. It's a time for leadership change. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I can preach on this one. I wish I had 10,000 pastors. I want to irritate them with this one. <laughs> Saul was a long, tall, and handsome guy. Saul was a head and shoulder ministry. We have too many head and shoulder ministries. Paul built himself a monument. Paul was all about I, 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 me, me, me. And God said to Samuel, I'm tired of this head and shoulder ministry. I'm tired of having such a man leading my people. And he said to Samuel, it's time for a crossover. And he spoke to uh, spoke to Jesse, and Jesse brought seven boys into the room. You know your Bible full well. And he brought seven good men into the room, brought the prophet into the room, Samuel. Samuel looked at all seven. He says, I don't want Eliab. He's the older brother because he's one of those that think everything needs to run through him because he's the oldest. I've rejected him too. So he did not choose one of the seven because seven is the number of perfection. Come on. But you know what? He, uh, God said, uh, 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 Jesse said to, to, to Samuel, said to Jesse, don't you have another son? He says, oh, yeah, I do have another one. But you know what? He's not that important. I didn't bring him in. His name is David. But, but before, before you want me to bring him, he's a shepherd. Uh, I mean, he's just a shepherd. I mean, he doesn't have shoulders. He doesn't have a big head. He's kind of small. He's kind of reddish in color. But he's a shepherd. I mean, are you sure you want to reject somebody that is ready for television? Do you want to reject head and shoulders who has written 500 books that is the bestsellers in America? I'm so tired. Everybody lately has a bestseller book. That's why I don't want to write another book because, my goodness, my books doesn't sell. And, and I feel so so, oh, come on. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, I'm not against anybody, but I am. Hallelujah. And, uh, and uh, so, uh, so what happened next? They called David in. David is son number eight. David is son number eight. Eight means fat. Fat speaks of the anointing. Come on. One man that's anointed can move seven out of the room. Yeah, I mean, there's too many rooms in America where there's seven boys. There's too many conferences where there's the best speakers. There's too many speakers that speak, but there's no anointing. There's no anointing. Bring in number eight. Listen to this. Listen to this. They brought David in. When they brought David in, David 
David is son number eight. Eight speaks of fat. Watch this. Maybe I've done this in your church previously. I don't know. But the last time I checked, there's eight keys on every keyboard. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. False. That's seven. Doesn't sound right. Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, ti, do. That completes the octave. When David came in, he completed the octave. He completed the music. David was a man after God's heart. And what happened? We all know what happened. He was the one who killed the giant. It was not the seven brothers. And church, we need the anointing back. The Bible tells me that a Nazarene those days were so good with a sling and a stone that they could literally, I think the original language says, they could literally split a hair on somebody's head. That's how precise they were with a sling and a stone. That speaks of the anointing. The anointing can hit a hair with in your body and heal you. Oh, I pray that God will heal people tonight. I pray that God will do miracles tonight. I pray that the Holy Spirit will hit each shoes in your body even if it's the width of a hair that God will get a hold of that second Kings chapter 4 here's another crossover I don't want to preach on this women said to Elisha my husband is dead and my husband was a prophet Elisha said what do you want me to do for you because she said the creditors coming take my two sons to be his slaves I need a word. Elisha said to her, what do you have in the house? She said, I have nothing but a jar of oil. I, I, I mean, Mr. Prophet, that's all I have. I just have a, li a little jar of oil. But, but, but Mr. The Prophet, to be honest with you, uh, I call it nothing because I have not seen anything happen with that jar of oil since I've had it. So that's why I call it nothing, but I have it. But, but it's nothing, but it's a little jar of oil, but it's nothing, but I have it. But you ask me, what do I have? So I'm saying to you, that's what I have. When Elisha heard that, Elisha says, go gather vessels. Go read it for yourself, 2 Kings chapter 4. Go gather vessels. And then he said to her, gather empty vessels. What he's saying to her is increase your problem. Increase your emptiness. What did she do? She went to all the neighbors because Elisha said, go to all your neighbors. She went to all the neighbors and she brought, brought all the empty, empty uh, cans into her home. And then Elisha said, shut the door, you and your sons, and pour. We all know the story, what happened. So now she's in her home. She's got the containers of the whole neighborhood. She's got a little jar of oil. She's in trouble. But Elisha said, pour, activate, activate. The, the Pentecostal church in America needs to activate the Holy Spirit again. We need to activate the oil again because we have no clue what's in us. The Bible says greater. Oh, yeah, we quote scriptures. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And when the first problem walks through the door, we run uh, for safety. Oh, greater. Oh, oh yes, I still quote that. No, 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 no. What happened? She's got all these empty containers. The creditor is coming. Who's the devil? Elisha the prophet. Creditor is the devil. Two sons. She, the creditor knew she had two sons. That's her two ministries. Son means ministry. She's the type of the church. She needs the prophet to give her a word. The prophet says, I'm not going to prophesy to you. The prophet said, are you Pentecost? Yes, I am Pentecost. prophet said, oh, so you are Pentecost. Oh, you are church of God. Oh, you are church of God, and you want a word from me? 
Uh, last time I checked, you guys believe in the Holy Spirit. So now you come to me for a word. In the meantime, you are COG. What happened? She took the jar that she never believed in, and now she's got her jar did not look when the jar was all by itself. But now she's got all these containers. Now the jar looks even worse. And the one boy probably said to her, what are you going to do? She says, I'm going to pour, I'm going to pour, I'm going to pour. And maybe the one son said to her, you've lost your mind. You've lost your mind, mom. Are you crazy? How can you pour? Your, I mean, look what you have. You have to admit, you might, look at all the emptiness. You've got so much emptiness. You've got so much emptiness. Sometimes God will increase your crisis. He will increase your crisis so that when he gives you a miracle, you will have to admit something happened. I'll pay for the carpets. She poured, and then she poured, and then, and then, wow. Wow. What happened? She had a crossover in her thinking. I have just poured more oil than what I had in the jar. She filled the first container. Bring me another container. Now she's bold in the Holy Ghost because she had a mental crossover. Church crossover in your thinking you have no idea who you serve you think that's all that's in me greater is he that is in me I can feel oh come on church God gave her a refinery God gave her a refinery out of one jar. Say it after me, a refinery. Say it loud, a refinery. Say a refinery out of one jar. I need some more water, brother. Crossover, 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 even here. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, come on, church. 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 The miraculous is in the crossover. The refinery hides in a bottle. Pastor Andre, you tell me there's a refinery in this bottle? If I can get you to pour, 
if I can get you to activate. You see, church, I cannot activate your gift for you. I can only activate what is in me. I activate, I activate the gift in me many, many years ago. And oh my God, here I am. I'm running and I'm 71 and I feel like I'm 21 tonight. If I can get you to move, I will have a hard time to catch you. Some of you, when you cross over, I will not see you soon because you will take off like berserk, somebody that's berserk. When she realized, the Bible says that after that day, she was put on a royal pension. The Bible says she paid all her debt. A royal pension? Yes. The Lord says, when I mess with your oil, when I can get you to activate, I can put you on a royal pension with one pouring session. If you say tonight, I am willing and ready to cross over in my finances, cross over with my whole family, Cross over with my health. Cross over in my thinking. If you say tonight, Lord, a crossover will rescue me. Come to the altar for a miracle tonight. You say, Pastor Andre, that's all you're going to preach? Yes. I have another one that I could have covered. But I feel like the Lord says, let them come. Let them come. Let them come. Maybe there's somebody that has a report from the doctor. Maybe there's somebody. Can I get the keyboards? Maybe there's somebody that you got a report from the doctor. And you say, how can I, how can I, how can I not believe what is on the, on the paper? God says, bring your paper. And let us cross over from what the paper said to what I can do for you. Church, come on. In 1981, it was prophesied to me, your gift will make room for you. Then later years I moved with prophets and, and I had a desire to prophesy. Your gift will make room for you, 1981. And then, 1987, I'm pastoring a church. No, not 87, actually before that. Yeah, 87. No, before that, 85. There's a woman in my church, and the Lord said, you've got a word for her. I said, Lord, what is the word? The Lord says, call her out. I will give you the word. I said, Lord, give me the word, and I will call her out. The Lord says, no, I want you to call her out and I will give you the word. <laughs> I walked to the back of the platform and I spoke in tongues. I said, come on, Lord Jesus. I'm now moving towards her. It's a platform. The Lord says, I know exactly where you are on the platform. Call her out. 
And the next moment I said, that woman with the reddish hair, come here, I've got a word for you. I said, come on, Lord, give me the word. The Lord says, move up to her, I'll give you the word. When I stand in front of her, the Lord gave me one sentence, became a whole prophecy. She joined our church on that prophecy. And since that day, I have never stopped prophesying. What did I do? It's prophecies that open up South Africa to me. It's prophecies that open up America to me. It's a gift in me that open up the doors for me. And when I prophesy, I learn what was in me. I said, my goodness, I've just said that to that woman. I've just said that to that man. And the Lord says, I cannot show you what your gift looked like until you activate it. When she poured, the moment she poured, she had a brain freeze. She lost it. And I pray that tonight people will lose it because they will be in awe of what God will do for them. Pray after me. Even you in the pews can pray. Say, Lord, help me to cross over in my finances, in my marriage, in my job, in my health, in my mind. Maybe there's somebody that needs a mental crossover. God needs to help you to make a crossover from the mental hospital to normality. Father, I thank you tonight for miracles in this place. I thank you tonight for people that will step out of things into some other things. I thank you tonight for people that will pick up stones of testimonies. Father, I, pick, I thank you tonight that even in the natural things will start. The water will stand up. Come on. When somebody operate in obedience, nature will even bow its knee. And Father, I pray tonight that we will see the miraculous. Come on, just worship the Lord. Everybody, worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Thank you. 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 I lay my hands upon you, ma'am, in the name of Jesus, and I say to you, the moment has come. The moment has come. Hallelujah. Messy Friday. Silent Saturday. Roaring Sunday. What a crossover. Three days. Joshua said three days.